So how many companies do you own? Uh, three. Nice. It's not like serial entrepreneur like Clint and I. Serial, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's the only way to do it these days. I mean, no, Kellogg's, he was a serial entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Necro. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. Welcome everyone to Meet the Pressers. My name is Clint Macro, and this is my esteemed co-host, Matthew Mallory. Meet the Pressers is a safe place for trigger pressers to congregate and fellowship and talk about training, guns, gear, gadgets, a little bit of a religion from time to time, and political activism. So Matt, why don't you tell us about our special guest? Be glad to, Clint. So Jara Hutchins designs ranges for a living. She's a Second Amendment advocate and an instructor. Also has a nonprofit that helps out uh, individual women and single mothers that are a little hard on, uh, on funding to be able to get training so needed. Jara, awesome to have you on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is super fun. I love doing this. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Presser is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you! You mentioned uh, it before and in talking that you design ranges for a living. Where Where is that, that business taking you across the country? Um, it hasn't really taken me across the country yet. Um, it, it really kind of fell in my lap. I was a headhunter uh, years ago, and they opened a range kind of uh, down the street from my house. I grew up around guns and thought, you know, that would be kind of a unique thing for me to take my clients to do. And so I... Uh, called up and, and just asked the right questions, you know, what, what can I shoot there? What are your, you know, ammunition restrictions? What kind of events can we have there? And then they were like, do you want a job? <laughs> and they had just broken ground. Uh, so I got to work really closely with the general contractor, um, got to work really closely with a lot of people who had been running ranges and working in the gun industry for years and years. Um, it made me want to become an instructor. And then, uh, you know, you, you update your LinkedIn that you helped build a range from the ground up. And uh, then everybody, you know, was like, I, I just got a lot of people that were reaching out going, help me build my range, you know, or what can you tell me about building this range? And so it's, you know, everything from, you know, OSHA and EPA requirements to how to get your, you know, permits done through the city and all that. And um, it's a, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's totally worth it. And so uh, I just finished my fourth one. Uh, so I work as an independent contractor and I help people stand up their event structures, their memberships, their training programs, help train their staff. Um, because, you know, a lot of ranges are hiring people that have never worked in the gun industry before, but are really interested in it, you know, so they need to have uh, some, some baseline training on some things. I run the RSO program. So I, I teach the RSO programs uh, in the, <clears throat> in the ranges. Um, and then I kind of help them find really good trainers and people that can come in and, 
you know, be committed to the, the, the culture and the cause because every new gun range that we build in the United States is just another win for 2A. Um, it's another place for people to practice. It's another place for people to get um, a really good gun education. And so it's, it's really a passion project for me too. That's awesome. So as far as the instructional side of the house, what, um, what courses do you teach and, and which ones do you like to teach the most? So I figured out um, pretty early in, you know, going through the process of becoming an instructor, which can be, you know, there's not really a direct line. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of different ways that you can become an instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but what I learned is that my passion really fell with women, new shooters and kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, um, I, I had a mentor who moved to the Carolinas and, uh, you know, I sat down with him one day and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, you know, what I want to do with this, what my future wants to be, you know, what I want my future to be in it. And he said, you know, pick the thing that you love the most and just stick with it. He said, there are, there are too many trainers that try to do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, if you're good at, you know, this specific element of training, then that's what you need to do. And what I was really good at was introducing women into it, um, making them comfortable with it, replacing fear with confidence and getting them ready to move on to more advanced trainings. So I take a lot of advanced training, but I don't teach advanced training at all, really. Um, I do the occasional force-on-force class um, to show women why purse carry might not be the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, my, my instructional abilities lie in uh, introduction handgun. I teach the Texas License to Carry course, and I do... Uh, introduction to draw from holster, situational awareness, and non-lethal weapons. And I write a lot of little mini workshops that help women. So I have a workshop called Preparing What You Wear, and I show women how to conceal carry in a, a, a myriad of outfits. Um, I show them how to draw from those positions well and how to prepare themselves well for that. Um, and then I also do a time management for the female carry holder because what a lot of women don't think about is readying their weapon prior to needing it. Um, you know, combining that situational awareness with the actual physical, um, uh, execution of defense. Um, and then I, I, uh, do a, a course for young ladies that are about to graduate high school and go to college. Um, so it's a customized situational awareness and only the weapons that's going to kind of prepare these young ladies to go out and live on their own and, and not, be under the, the protection of their parents anymore. Empowering people to uh, have confidence in their ability to safely carry the firearm is, is just paramount. And once people get to that point, obviously we, we're trainers, that's what we do for a living. Training, it should become like a lifestyle choice where they just continue to better themselves and grow and develop as their own family first responder. But I think too often, you know, people like, oh, this is level two, level three, level four stuff. You know, that, that can seem kind of daunting to people for the amount of time and effort and energy it takes to invest to get through those levels of classes. Uh, people, once they feel comfortable in their ability to handle and carry the gun safely, need to recognize that so many people in this country avoid being victimized by a bad guy because they are armed and because they have the, the mindset to defend themselves. Because the garden variety criminal, if there is such a thing, whatever that means, uh, most of them, when they see that that law-abiding citizen is prepared and armed to defend themselves, they go off the other direction. And, well, uh, you and, know. and you're very right. And, and women don't respond. Most women don't respond to that kind of training. They don't respond to the level two, three, and four. They don't respond to, 
you know, it, it being too tactical necessarily mm-hmm. because I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But Not at all. most women don't do that. Most women get into this and you have to think through the mindset of a woman because they get into it because the number one reason is because they want to protect themselves or their kids and or, yep. okay? And that's all they're thinking about. And so this is the perfect opportunity, but sit. This is the perfect opportunity for them, us as trainers, to be able to inject the message of liberty and what the Second Amendment truly stands for, why it should be important to these women, um, and, and why they should train this way and why they shouldn't stop at introduction to handgun and license to carry, why there's so much more than that, right. why they need to be learning about ballistics. I mean, I think that's a huge fail. On, on gun ranges and instructors is there's no, nobody is taking people into a class. I say nobody, that's a blanket statement. Not many people are taking groups into a class and going, you need to understand ballistics because the, the, one of the biggest, uh, you know, questions or answers that I get to a question in, in a licensed security class is, Hey, what would you do if somebody snatched your kid up and threw him in a car and started driving off? What do you think they say? Shoot, shoot at them. Shoot the tires. Yep. That's what they say. And it doesn't work like that, but you don't know that because nobody's ever taught you that. And so I feel like there, there needs to be in, you know, the NRA has done an okay job of having a baseline training program that people can, you know, that helps them get into it, but there needs to be a better structured. I mean, and it almost needs to be like a gun university, you know, that, you know, and the PDN network does a pretty good job of that. Um, but they're, you know, that that name isn't out there like it should be. So you people need to be going. Well, okay, where do I go from here? I just took my introduction to draw from holster class. Now, what do I need to learn? And what are my electives versus what are the things that I actually need to go through? And and I really feel like if we set it up university style, I think it would be easier for people to understand because I think that's why a lot of gun owners don't get into training because there's there you know there's nineteen thousand different opinions on what class they should take next. It kind of makes me think of like a, you know, like a box of chocolates, like life's like a box of chocolates. You look at it, you're like, oh, it's chocolates. But once you open it up and you bite into it, you're like, oh, there's so much more here. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's, that's always been, a, um, I wouldn't say a struggle, but definitely a challenge to get people to take that continuing education and moving on to yep. whatever the next level is. And the next level for someone might not be that level two class. It might be a lateral move over to something else, right? You know, it just depends. You have on- to customize it to your demographic. You have to customize it mm-hmm. to your, you know, your student base. And a lot of people will come in and, you know, when these ranges open and these trainers want to come in and teach, you know, but they want to teach all this military style stuff that civilians are never going to, mm. it's almost wasted instruction. It's contextually inappropriate because, in most cases. Yeah. Well, and yeah. And, Intimidating. And, and conceptually, a, a civilian likely isn't going to be sniped from a roof. Yep. You know, I mean, yep. that's. Or have know, to clear your house or. <laughs> Yeah, the, the context yeah, has to be there. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to be teaching them. So so that's you know, so I wanted so I wanted to create custom workshops for women in situations that they would encounter, like someone approaching you in the grocery store parking lot when you have your three children with you and one of them has to go in a car seat. How are you going to prioritize, you Which know, kid? your next move um, you know, in that particular situation or you know, if someone approaches you at the gas station at night, you know, there's, there's a myriad of things that, that we could be training on that is relevant to the student demographic. And so I really, you know, if an instructor tells me and they're coming to interview at one of the ranges that I'm helping to build and they tell me that, and they've got a heavy military background, that's okay. 
But when I ask them, you know, what they're going to teach or how they're going to teach, and it's all military-based tactics, I have a problem with that because that means that they're not actually relating to the civilian demographic that we're going to be catering to. Matt Mallory and Clint Macro, co-hosts of Meet the Pressers, will be offering USCCA instructor development courses in Titusville, Florida at the American Police Hall of Fame Museum. Matt will be teaching the Concealed Carry and Home Defense Fundamentals instructor course on June 27th and 28th. And Clint will be teaching the Defensive Shooting Fundamentals Level 1 instructor course on June 29th through July 1st. Sign up on meetthepressers.com. Meet the Pressers. It's been interesting to see my student base because I'm connected with a lot of them on social media and it's been interesting to see their reactions to the situation that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I harp a lot on mindset uh, in my classes, you know, is, you know, stop talking you know, about what you would do because your, your preconceived notions are just going to be completely eliminated in my, yeah. in my class. Right. So we're going to, we're going to show you what you can do versus what you say you would do. Right. right? And, and that's important, but I harp a lot on mindset, you know, and, and a lot of what if situations, you know, um, you know, what if the government turned tyrannical? What if a, a city leader or a sheriff or a chief of police did something that you felt like was infringing on your rights? Like, what would you do then? What is your mindset going to be then? And it's been very interesting to see how my students started out um, with fear and how they're responding now with, you know, vigilance and open-mindedness and and they're going, Hey, that's not right. And I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to speak out and peacefully protest. And then, you know, if it, if we have to go further than that, we, we now have the skill set to go further than that, but it's been, a really interesting past couple of months to watch my student base react to, to the issues that have surrounded COVID. I testified at the gun rights hearings uh, here in Dallas uh, when they came through last October and um, we were testifying at Brookhaven College to uh, the state house on uh, mass shootings and, and you know things like that and I went there were 16 house representatives there that day and I went back through every single one of their social medias prior to that hearing for two years. And not one leader had has ever, not one of those leaders, even if, even on the, the ones that had run on a two-way platform, had never encouraged the citizens of their districts to gain for themselves a defense education mm-hmm. in order to assist in, you know, in combating mass shootings. And physics dictates that the only people that are ever going to be able to purposefully respond in these situations are people that are already there. Right. And so you want to continue to create these laws. You want to continue to talk about how we can affect change in that. And the the answer is already there. And I said that as a matter of fact, I also find, you know, the 16 people that are sitting in front of me that are determining the, the future of me being able to defend myself. You guys know nothing about firearms and it's appalling. It's appalling your lack of gun knowledge. And I feel like if you're going to legislate something that's so important to so many people that, that has been written into one of the most important documents in our history and you sit here and you know nothing about it. I feel like that's just a, you're like spitting on the constitution right in front of me. And it's that fully semi-automatic clip magazine. <laughs> right. <laughs> the AR-14. There definitely are some good elected officials in the state capitals, but there are other ones that their only care really is to become a reelected official. And 
there definitely are some that truly have a, you know, whatever the motivation is, they truly have a want and a need to disarm the, the populace. Like, I can only assume it's for a tyrannical reason. But I think some of them want to, I think some of them generally feel like that would make society safer. And I think that some of them are trying to enact a control. I think that it's, it's hard to tell the difference. And I feel like if, if there were term limits on every single um, elected official position, that wouldn't happen. People would be more apt to say what they actually felt or what they actually believed in instead of catering to these, you know, large corporations sure. or these people that, that have a lot of money and a lot of clout, they, they would be more apt to do that because their time is limited. And so you have, you have a small window of time to make a difference. And so the presidency can't be the only position that has term limits. I think they all need to go. Nobody should ever be a career politician. That's never what it was meant to be. Yeah, it's, um, it's, you say that because something that also supports that, and, and I don't, I don't, I can't speak for your states, uh, but here in my state, when you look at when the legislature became full time, like that's when a lot of these overreaches and these these silly laws that really, you know, legislating legislation that legislates legislation, that kind of stuff, that's when that started happening because they feel the need to justify their existence. So let's make another law. Let's do this. Let's let's answer this question with a law rather than hold criminals accountable yeah. or enact the laws that already exist. Let's make another law to throw a bandaid over top of that one. And exempt themselves from any laws that they uh, enact. Well, yeah. You know, and there's so many unintended consequences with some of these quote, feel good laws uh, that, yeah, I mean, we, we are definitely an over-legislated uh, Well, and it's not, an, it's not hard. I mean, no victim, no crime it really should be the basis. Hey, greetings, everyone. This is Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. You know, once upon a time when I was in Congress, I went on a show called Meet the Press. But I'm more so interested in being with Matt and Clint on Meet the Pressers because they're much more exciting, much more fun, because I can't think of anything better than to be able to ex exercise my Second Amendment right in pressing that trigger. So join me and stay tuned with Matt and Clint at Meet the Pressers. Meet the Pressers. Well, I mean, we are our own family first responders, first and foremost. And, you know, I ran with the fire department for a couple of years and never once did I show up when the fire started. Like that was never a thing, right? And, and so many people have been misled or brainwashed to think that government will save them and government can save them. And that's certainly not the case. And, and with COVID going on and a lot of police departments having, you know, a uh, said that they're not going to respond to certain types of, of uh, criminal activity, so on and so forth. you got this bail reform stuff going on in New York, and so yeah. many states have let convicts out of jail because of the COVID, uh, you know, the, the potential of getting infections inside of the, of the jail. Um, I think people are starting to wise up a little bit. You know, we always see kind of boosts when you look back at, at history. And like after 9-11, after, after uh, Hurricane Katrina, you know, you'd see a real uptick of people taking on that personal responsibility to arm themselves and become their own family first responder. And we certainly have seen it here in the last couple of months. There are many new gun owners that weren't gun owners in January or February. And I think ultimately, after we get through this mess that we're in right now with the COVID and the governmental overreach uh, response to that, um, I, I think we have the potential to have a lot more people on board with the uh, message of liberty. 
Well, and I, I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch over the next year or so to see how how that plays out because I don't think that you're wrong. Um, it's going to be even more interesting to to look at places like California and New York and see what those citizens are willing to do to take back what's been taken from them because I think they're starting to see, hey. I got to wait in a, you know, a t- I mean, as you know, California, I don't know if you read that article that where they were all, you know, a lot of Californians were trying to buy guns online and they were surprised to find that they couldn't get them shipped to their homes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You so, know, they were like, or, or they were going into federal firearms license stores and, and go, and they were, there was a waiting period and they were like, yeah. but I have this money and I want my gun now. Right. You know, and the guys, like, and the people were like, this is what we've been trying to tell you that you didn't understand, yeah. you know, and because it didn't affect um, them at that point. And then when it did affect them, they're like, wait, what did I do? <laughs> oh yeah. And then, you know, and then a lot of these gun owners, I mean, we sold, you know, at Texas gun experience, uh, we sold pretty much every gun in about three week time period when people were panic buying, we sold almost every gun we had under $1,200. Um, all of our ammunition was gone, all defensive and all FMJ ammunition was gone except for, 20 boxes of 300 blackout and about seven boxes of 410 slugs. <laughs> Everything else was gone. Yeah. And, same. Um, there were people that were coming in and I saw it firsthand, had people asking me firsthand, I don't care what it is. I just want something. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't, and they, but then they, so, so we're peeling back the layers. So the first layer was, whoa, I should have had something a long time ago. Now it's getting bad. I need to go get something. So then they went and got something. Yep. But then they said, I don't care what it is. I just want something. Well, what is that doing? That act is making them feel better. Okay. They're now they're feeling better because they have something with a trigger. It doesn't matter what it is. So they have, but they have no idea what its capacities and limitations are. They don't understand the three basic platforms, shotgun, handgun, rifle. They don't understand any of that stuff. They're not going to know how to use it, even if they were presented with a situation of duress. So then instructors like me are being hammered. I mean, we've been busy during COVID. Because people have been reaching out to us going, hey, we need, we need instructions. So, you know, and I never really put a lot of it out on Facebook because, um, you know, people were, would make Quarantine. a big deal of it or yell at you. But I was going to people's houses and doing dry fire training mm-hmm. uh, with, with new gun owners. Because, and, and don't get me wrong, a part of me wanted to go, you should have listened to me, right? Yeah. But then the other in. part of me, you know, the other part of me is like, okay, welcome to the fold. Sometimes pe- this is the way people have to learn. Yeah. Um, so don't, you know, that I think that this is going to be a really interesting situation to watch unfold. And I personally think that if people like us, people like you, people like me, people like Rob, you know, these other trainers that are out there, these other second amendment advocates, I think that if we can reach these people, continue to reach these people and go, don't forget, mm-hmm. don't forget when this happened, don't forget how you felt, don't forget how you, how you used to feel versus how you feel now, and don't think that it won't ever happen again, because it will. Well, the best advocate for quitting smoking is someone that quit smoking already. So <laughs> someone that maybe just saw the light of liberty when prior to that they didn't value it as much, I, I want to say potentially they're going to be one of our greatest allies moving forward in the pro-liberty uh, pursuit. I'm not trying to be uh, an, 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 a, a mutated feminist when I say this. But women are going to have the potential to be and are going to be a huge voice moving forward in 2A. And that's one of the reasons why I concentrate my efforts on women is because we need more women who can articulately 
convey the message of liberty and the message of Second Amendment uh, rights at places like these gun hearings that can go and testify before Congress and before the Senate uh, about this. We need them, but we need them to know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. believing in it is one thing, and that's great. We want you to believe in it, but we also need you to commit to educating yourself on, on it and being able to say it in a way that's going to change the minds of our leadership and our elected officials. And so just saying you believe in it, you know, doesn't, doesn't really work anymore. You've got to be able to talk about it. You've got to be able to show that you're educated on it. So women like, you know, Diana Mueller are, are wonderful, but women like uh, the, the lady that runs the mom at arms page, you know, like she's talking about, you know, she's talking about it in, in such a way that people are listening. And that's what we need is we need more women that are going to go and step up and, and march for that kind of liberty and, and articulate it in a way that's going to change minds and hearts. Mutated feminist is going to be the next uh, female punk band that band. I produce, I yeah. think. <laughs> that's a great name for a band. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and I, one of the things that has really disappointed me um, during this whole, you know, COVID pandemic situation has been the lack of preparedness that I've seen in the feminist community. It's been a real, it's been a real disappointment for me because if you're going to go out and say, I can do it by myself, if you're going to go out and say, I don't need a man, if you're going to go out and say this toxic masculinity, if you're going to shun chivalry, if you're going to do all of these things, you better have a go bag. Mm. You better have a stock of ammunition. You better know how to hunt. You better know how to skin a rabbit. You better know how to cook. You better know how to do all these things if that's going to be the message that you're going to bring out into society. And if you don't, you're just a gigantic yeah. hypocrite. And I have no, I have no reason you. to help you. Yeah, that that's you, you hit it right in the head. I, as we were talking about that, I, you know, I was just thinking to myself, like, do I know how to cook? Well, well, yeah, I know how to cook. My wife does a better job at it, and I leave that to her. But. I can cook and I do cook every once in a while. Does she know how to shoot? She's got her pistol license. Does she do it as often as I do? No. Does she teach? Yeah. She teaches our kids because we homeschool. So, you know, there, there's those roles, but we do blend. We do know how to survive. Like when I'm out of town traveling or around the country working as pro staff, she's got to do everything. So, you know, it's, it, you, it's gotta be that yin and the yang, but you also have to have some familiarity with those certain tasks, not saying that you have to do it all yourself unless you're single and you do it all yourself. Um, other than that, you know, it's gotta be a, a but blend. if you're going to preach that message, mm -hmm. yeah. then you just, you gotta you be better, the package. you better know, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that that was a real, um, a bad discovery for me. And I called a lot of people out on it. People that are my friends, uh, that would, that would say that, that would preach that, that would be like, I don't need a man, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I don't need a man either, but I think that it's better for us to be in solidarity. Um, because I learned, I learned everything I know about this from men. So why would I go against that? Why would I go against that teaching? You know, just because I, I might not need them for, for any, for any of these everyday tasks that I have, that doesn't matter. Um, but what matters is that you're, you're preaching a message of, this false preparedness that you have. And then all of a sudden when the shit goes down, now you're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Where's my stimulus check? <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's going to, who's going to take care of me now? You know, right. and that doesn't make any sense either. Well, that no. goes into the government too. And the government giving the stimulus check and now they're kind of, they're, they're making you rely on the, the T to the government, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many people though.
so many people don't know what they don't know. And, and, you know, the older I get, I'm certainly no wise old sage, but I have gained a little bit of wisdom and, you know, people have their preconceived notions. And, and when you, when life puts a roadblock in front of you, you learn something about yourself. And I think people are doing that in this case. Yeah. I know certainly if I were able to meet my 20 year old self, we probably would have some issues that we would need to sort out. You know, so that just comes with growing up and, and gaining some wisdom. The names of the bands that you come up with, that's what you guys would argue about. No, I think <laughs> right. we'd probably write them all down. That would be something we'd probably agree upon. Yeah. Well, let me know when Mutated Feminism has their first show. <laughs> I'll be there. I, I want to see what, the, what that band would be made up from. Yeah, I've got some ideas already. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's funny. I will be there. I had this idea um, when I was teaching women and I was bringing them into – the sort of Liberty fold and um, getting them educated. I was coming across a lot of women that couldn't afford it, uh, which was bothering bothersome to me. Uh, and then I was tagged. I'm in a lot of moms groups because uh, on Facebook, because moms are my biggest clients. And there was a mom who had reached out in this very large moms group. It was probably about 9,000 moms in there. And she said that she had recently discovered that, her second husband was molesting her daughter from a previous marriage. And she had found out that this was happening in their home and she did everything right. Um, she filed the restraining order. She had him removed from the house. Um, and she's a Muslim woman and she went out, uh, she had him removed from the house. She went out and bought a gun. She bought a little Taurus, uh, no, a Bursa. And uh, that was what she could afford. And um, she reached out in this mom's group and said, I don't know how to use this. I need, to, where can I, where can I find somebody that show, can show me? And so a lot of these moms tagged me in the post. And so she had him removed on a Saturday. She bought her gun on a Sunday and I had her at the range on Monday morning. Um, because she had the common sense to know that just because he was arrested and removed from the home doesn't mean that he can't bail himself out of jail. Nope. They've got to build a case against him. That's what due process is. And so this is one of the things that I talk about in my class is you have to understand that just because you're the person that's, that's stalking you or that has the, that hit you or whatever, like you've got to build a case against them. And that's what due process is. They deserve a, a fair trial and you have to be able to protect yourself in the, in the interim. Okay. And she had the common sense to know that. And so we got her trained up and we talked about how to keep the gun safe around the kids. She's got four children. And, um, that day, and I did that, you know, I volunteered my time for that. I paid for her range fees. And that's kind of when Wade became, uh, that was the brainchild behind Wade is because I said, you know, I got to, and I have nine women now uh, that I'm training during this COVID crisis because domestic violence has taken a spike. And so there are nine women local to me that have been, that have removed themselves from that abusive situation. God bless them. And now they want to know how to protect themselves from that ever happening again. So I have nine women. Uh, that I'm that I'm training through Wade right now, um, and uh, I think that it's it's a very important. I think it's just as important as a food bank. I think it's just as important as um, a, a clothing bank um, to to clothe these women in uh, in security um, and and feed them the knowledge of self defense. I think it's just as important. So um, if you guys have anything like Wade in your States, in your areas, I would encourage you to support those, those, um, 
those organizations and, and get the word out about those because this is a crisis. This is an underlying crisis that this pandemic has helped create, that this lockdown situation has helped create is this spike in, in domestic violence and women um, are usually the victims of that. And we need to be able to teach them how to respond to it. And we need to be able to encourage them to get out. Amen. Well, commend, uh, commendations to you for coming up with it and, and putting it together and donating your time. We, we, Clint and I donate our time on a lot of different things. So it's definitely, it's, we, we understand the sacrifice on that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell everyone how they can learn about Wade, anything else that you have websites or stuff that you're doing, you know, your business creating ranges and uh, so people can get in touch with you. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, uh, you can follow me personally uh, at clearing the chamber. Um, so that I'm on Instagram uh, and Facebook that way. Um, and then, uh, Wade is also on Instagram and Facebook. It's Wade for women. Uh, so W A D E F O R women, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. Well, it was great having you on really, uh, appreciate you coming on and, and everything you're doing down there in Texas. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. It was so good to meet you. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Bye y'all. Stay safe. There's a lot of sponsors to make this show possible like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, Cutting Edge Bullets, the USCCA, McLean Corporation, ASP, Custom Poker Chip Company, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by other fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers. 